This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And today's topic is all about soldiering through. If you can't tell by the tone of my voice, I've been a little under the weather the last couple of days. But the show, as they say, goes on, and the NFL is the sport that keeps on giving. And I'll tell you who's the co-host that keeps on giving. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. What's up, buddy? Yo, listen, happy to be here still talking to you. If there is one person that deserves a day off, it's you. But my man just keeps on keeping on. Uh, No no rest for the wicked. Listen, you say you're a little under the weather. I have never heard you sound like this. You, If it was me, I would be whining to my wife to get me soup and massage my feet. But no, not Randy. This man is a warrior, and he is here for all of us. I don't know about all that, man, but uh, the, the the streak matters, man. The, uh, the, the Joe DiMaggio hit streak, the Peyton Manning consecutive games played streak, the Eli games played streak, it, it all matters to me. These people tune in. I'm a podcast listener, so uh, just going to jump into a couple of things real quick. Obviously, we did not get the ranking show in with Kyle, the new doctor here at the Dynasty War Zone. We're going to reschedule that for next Tuesday, just due to the fact that yesterday I was in no shape to even do what I am doing now. And you can follow that man at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. That's Dr. Kyle. He's going to be keeping us tuned in on all the injuries, and uh, I'm, I'm low-key hitting him up about advice of what to do right now. Uh, funny story, Jerry. I've actually got to go take a COVID test. What do you think about that? Uh, you enjoy that foot-and-a-half cotton swab to the nose. I have been blessed enough to not to have one of those, so... Well, it's it's part Good. of the... It's, it's one of the provisions of going back to work, so I can't do anything until... Basically, like the fever is the key that unlocks all this. If you have any kind of a fever, it's like automatically coronavirus. So that I mean that doesn't mean anything. What's weird is that I felt just like this for if you remember this in January, I felt oh, just yeah. like just like this in January. Now the difference was is that had me down for a full five days. And this time this started we'll call it Sunday night into Monday morning. There was a uh, gross display of sickness and <laughs> Uh, I spent the better part of yesterday sleeping, and today I felt a lot better. It's like the minute that I was told that I had to go get a COVID test, I've been like up and at them and much more mobile, but we're going to uh, keep on going. I uh, want to make sure that I let you know that we have now have two YouTube videos up on YouTube, Dynasty Warzone channel. They're both live streams, so you'll have to look for them under live streams. This one is the first half, half excuse me, of the episode that I recorded earlier in the week with Ryan. Uh, that'll be dropping, I think, this Friday or Saturday with the Dynasty Happy Hour crew over at the Contractor. And what I'm doing with the Contractor, we're going to do uh, complete Contractor shows now through, we'll call it August. And then once we get rolling into the, the regular season. Now, Jerry, I know your wife makes you watch HGTV. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 
what was it joanna and chip yeah that's that's one of they're all the same there's 37 different tv shows that are all the exact same thing on that network i I got news for you jerry if you put a crying baby on a blue screen and it got the same ratings as a super bowl you would have a crying baby on a blue screen on every channel in america it's all about eyeballs it's all about clicks so but you know ironically if you if you shaved your beard off and yet you like let the mop grow out a little bit you'd look a little bit like chip Oh, Jesus, this guy. Listen, I, don't don't tell her that. Don't, man, uh, luckily, you know, we have lots of why li- Chip is probably a listener, but luckily my wife isn't, so she won't hear that. Listen, my hair is long enough. Luckily, I don't show it to the people, and I always wear a hat, so you don't even really see it. Nope, good on that. Yep, good on that indeed. Uh, now, normally the shows have been running, I think the last two have been over like an hour and 10, hour and 15 this one's going to be lucky to be scraping 45 because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be lucky. To Randy, be... Randy might fall asleep at the mixer today. No, definitely not going to fall asleep. Uh, this is the first time I've been upright in 36 hours, so I'm happy to be doing it. Um, make sure to call out the five-star reviews. We've gotten, I think, 15, and that's great. The, the five-star reviews is only but one way to get an entry into the contest to win the DK Metcalf autographed jersey, but I've, I'm up to four pictures of people doing charity work in their neighborhood i've got people uh, on a basketball team donating clothes i've got people donating with their church it's just awesome to see the good that the fantasy community is doing and and this is all inspired by scott fish that's why jerry and i agreed to go in with mike jernigan and kyle to buy this jersey in the first place which we could have bought this exact same jersey on um, whatever that gimmick the fantasy footballers sponsor we could have got it for maybe a half or a third of what we actually paid for it but we knew all the proceeds were going to charity so again how do you enter five-star review of the podcast five-star review of the fantasy football smackdown podcast uh, and for the bonus third entry a picture of you doing good in the neighborhood whether that's helping out like a habitats for humanity a soup kitchen uh you know whatever Uh, send that picture to us and we'll continue to tabulate them the goal is to do the live stream for the giveaway on Sunday, August 9th. So some some good times, Jerry. And uh, last thing, call out the social media. You can check out the show's handle at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can check me out now at DWZ Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DWZ. And don't forget our doctor at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. So Jerry, the NFL dropped a bomb on us on Sunday night. What 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 was your initial reaction when someone told you that Cam Newton was a Patriot? I was at my father-in-law's. I may have had a few too many milk and cookies while I was sitting outside enjoying the nice summer day in Michigan, and my phone exploded. Now, it us- usually explodes with the Patreon and the goat chat, so I'm used to it. I ignore it. This one was absurd. I looked at it the very top thing. Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots. And immediately I'm like, okay, guys, I got to go to the bathroom because I can't just be on my phone. So I'm in there, Randy, and I am scouring and I'm looking. Listen, that's good. That's it. How surprised were you? I was shocked. I did not think there was a chance that Cam Newton was going to end up on the Patriots. I think it was a great move by them. I think it's great for him. I don't know really how successful he's going to be because there's not, you know, Julian Edelman's okay. Julian Edelman's pretty good. I don't love Nikhil Harry. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure, I've, at length. So what, what, what did you do? Now, were you upright at the time when this happened? Was this healthy Randy that found out this news? This was Randy on the precipice of danger. I, I knew I was feeling it, and at first I had to like rub my eyes. Because this time of the year, so many people get tweet-fished, a.k.a. catfished with news like this. And I saw it was Ian Rappaport, so I went in at the at and made sure it was at rap sheet. Okay, and then this is genuine. Then I start checking a couple other sources, and I'm like, and I tweeted it out. I tweeted out, uh, I was both wrong and shocked. Yeah, at, I saw. At, at the same time. Um, and, and I did say there, there is no substitute for hard work. No matter what you think, no one is going to hand you anything. And, and the biggest thing to me is that they, they did it this late. Bill Belichick does not feel like the kind of guy who goes into camp 
And and season's two months away. We'll call it eh, nine weeks-ish. And to go into camp on this short of notice, it, it tells me a lot. And they got him for the veteran minimum, Jerry. Now, what what would what would you have said if I had told you six, we'll call it nine months ago, that going into 2020, Cam Newton would be making less than Andy Dalton? I would have said you're a dope. I I, I wouldn't have thought that Cam Newton would take that. It, it, it just, he's a man who seems like he's very confident in what he can do and that he wouldn't resort to doing that. I think the one caveat that allowed him to do it is that it's Bill Belichick and that it's the Patriots. And if there's one system that's going to put you in a situation to succeed, I mean, it's got to be Billy B and the Patriots, man. You know, for, for me, the, the most interesting thing of it is, is that he was signed to the veteran minimum which I'm looking at is $915,000. Now I've heard everything from the veteran minimum to $1 million, which makes sense. $1 million does make sense. If you go to Spotrack, and I don't know if they've updated it yet, but going into this signing, they had about a million bucks. And for me, this will all mean something if Hoyer is cut before the start of the regular season. That's the only way this thing means anything to me. You know, you can, you can think of seasons past where they've brought in guys like Aaron Decker, uh, excuse me, Eric Decker. Uh, Reggie Wayne is another guy, a veteran that came in and just didn't make it. I, I'm, this seems like a very odd couple-ish scenario for me. Uh, do, do you really believe that he's going to be the starter week one? Yes, I do. I, I don't think it's going to be a competition. I Sorry, listen, Brian Hoyer's a Spartan, but nothing I've ever seen from him suggests that he's going to be the guy. Jarrett Stidham is, if you thought Jarrett Stidham was the guy, you don't bring in someone like Cam Newton. You might bring in someone like Andy Dalton or Nick Foles if you want to do that route. I mean, Cam Newton's a whole different type of breed, and I really don't, I don't think it's close. I think it's absolutely going to be his job. And I think he it should be his job. I think he's the most talented, and I hope that dude comes out firing. Do you think he'll run as much as he has in the past? Hell no. Absolutely. Hey, listen, he was already trending towards not doing that. And I think the one thing that I've been saying this offseason is how I sort of liked Sony Michelle because I sort of thought he would get a nice workload. I don't think this is good for Sony Michelle at all. I, th- I think this is going to be the James White trying to be Christian McCaffrey as best he can in that situation. Uh, the the shares of Sony that I have that I was excited that maybe he was going to get 225 touches. Yeah, not excited about that anymore. Thanks, Cam. I think if anything, this Cam's mobility will make the entire running game in New England better. You, with Tom Brady back there, I mean, he was just a statue. You're just waiting yeah. for him to get crushed or check it down. And we'll see what Cam does. But, you know, some of the weird things that you keep hearing about this, like he did not give up uh, his right to be not franchised. So if New England wants to franchise tag him after the season, they can. Which, if you're Cam, that's that's not a bad thing. I think the franchise uh-uh. tag would be like 30 31, 32, 33 million, something like that for one more year of service. Yeah, Cam will be okay with that. Yeah, it just goes to show you that the NFL, you know, truly does stand not for long. That's what's what it's always meant. And I don't think you take a one million dollar a year deal if you're Cam, if you're Jameis, if people are knocking down the door for your services. Yeah. There there are plenty of teams that, that could have brought him in well before now. And I know, I know there's the whole excuse of, you know, well, there's COVID and people can't, you know, get in for physicals. And I believe that's a load of hooey. This is the yeah. NFL. You know, Tom Brady's out in a park right now throwing footballs with Gronk and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because he says to hell with the rules. And you, if there's any team that does has, that has zero proclivity to breaking the <laughs> rules, it's the New England Patriots. You know yeah, what? Yeah, they made, they made sure to release that Cam news right as the other news was coming out that they lost their third rounder. They said, just hold up. And, okay, go ahead. We'll sign Cam now. It, it's a heck of a deal for them. I mean, it, it's For them, Jerry, you're an old poker player like me. Oh, yeah. It's a free roll. It's a total it, free roll. It, perfect. 
if so, if, you you think he's starting too? Not to loop back onto that, but I, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I really don't. I, I really don't. I think that you bring Cam in, and and you see what he's got. You know, this is a guy who's had two shoulder surgeries. He's had at least one foot, if not two foot surgeries. I mean, I don't want to say he's damaged goods, but I would want to see what I have. And who's been the guy there the entire offseason going through all the meetings, all the work, everything else? It's Jarrett Stidham. Now, Cam could be an incredibly intelligent guy who catches on very quickly. Totally possible. Absolutely, completely, 100% possible. But he could also come in. Uh, New England has had a mixed bag of results with veterans coming in. Now, we don't have much of a sample with QBs because Tom Brady's been there for the last two decades. But, you know, you can think of Randy Moss, who came there and resurrected his career. And then you can think of Chad Johnson, who came there and flamed out of the league, basically. So there are instances where this could go well, and there are instances where this could go not well. So let's get to the, the, to the nuts and bolts of it. What are you doing with Cam in a Superflex? Because forget a 1QB league. In a league we're in together that's a 1QB league, uh, someone picked him up off waiver Sunday. Good for that person. But w- yep. w- what, do, uh, what do you do with him in, in like, say, a Superflex where quarterback value is exponentially higher? I had one share where I drafted him in a startup this year, and I was super thrilled, and I am 100% putting him on the market. As soon as he signed, I said Cam Newton's on the board. And here's the thing. Usually there's always a Patriots fan because there is a lot of teams and a lot of places around this planet where the teams that they watch are poop and people choose to watch the Patriots. And so there's usually a Patriots fan. So usually you're going to have a market for it. Give it some time. I I'm selling him. I'm holding him. I don't, I'm not, I'm not super into it. It, When the Scott fishbowl rolls around in my redraft leagues, when they roll around, I really don't think I'm going to be investing too heavily in him. Uh, But that being said, I don't think he's going to be just putrid. I don't think he's going to be one of these guys. I do think he's starting, like I said, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love it, but I also don't love Tom Brady that much this year either. So it's, it's a weird situation. What about you? You, are you in on cam? I mean, it's, it sounds like you're not like, you don't even think he's going to start. So obviously I just sell my man. Well, I, I am both equally not going to be surprised if he's the week one starter, and I am equally not going to be surprised if he's not even on the roster come week one. That, that's, the, that's the spectrum of outcomes that I could see happening in this, in this situation. So for me, I often consider things like this gifts from God or whatever it is that you believe in, and this, this is your last chance sell window. There are people going bananas. Again, he's 31 years old. He's had multiple shoulder surgeries. He's had multiple lower body surgeries. And we don't know, Jerry, what was always his value? What was always his calling card of dynasty value? Running the ball and really running for touchdowns. And if he can't do that as well now, or what What if he's timid? Remember, he was a lion. He was a lion and... A lion's got a roar. Well, what happens all of a sudden if the lion gets timid because he makes a business decision because he's a, he knows he's on a one-year, $1 million deal? I, I don't know that he, he is that way. He seems to be a genuinely good competitor and a good person. But all this makes me nervous. And, and you know me. Um, I'm a little more conservative with situations like this. So for me, if I could work him into a trade, maybe the Jarrett Stidham owner is a little light at quarterback. And if I could package something up, man, I, I am totally on board with selling. Well, let's talk about your dude, Jarrett Stidham, now. Okay. You go, going to buy him? Because how much has his value tanked since Cam Newton signed? I mean, the perception is clearly that Cam Newton's going to be the starter, so therefore you would think that the Jarrett Stidham owner is sitting there, you know, with their PP flapping in the wind, thinking they got away with nothing. Is it time to go out and grab him? Because he he's got to be cheap. Like, what do you, what are you thinking you could get him for? Even in a super flex, I bet you you could get him for a third. And here's why I say that. Well, here's why I picked a third. I didn't pick it randomly out of the sky. I recently acquired Mitch Trubisky for a second and like some fab money in a league that really fab money isn't even that big of a deal. So I was happy to give away the fab money. And 
I do have faith in Trubisky, as you remember from the Bears uh, three-team parlay podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me stop you. You got Mitchell Trubisky for fab money? Uh, In a second. Oh, okay. I missed the second part. Okay. All right. Sorry. So if if, if actually, ironically, in this league, the same owner has uh, Stidham as well. So if I could get Stidham for a third, why not? People are desperate, man. People do weird stuff. And like I said, there is no way. There is no way anyone can tell me exactly how this thing goes. I, I just, I don't, I wouldn't believe them if they tried to. Now people are going and, to get- And then, hold on, hold on. Now let's say that Cam Newton does play. How many lower body injuries did you say he's had? At, so at least if two. he is the starter, there's, yeah. And, and plus he had the ribs from the rollover. What's the chances that he can't play? And someone else jumps up. Easy profit. I'm with you. I hear you. So let me, let me ask you this. Okay, let, 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 me, let me take you down my hypothetical. What does New England lose if they let Stidham have the first, say, three weeks of the season? Now, Bill Belichick has always openly admitted that for him the preseason starts in September. What does it cost you to let, to let Stidham play the first three games, and if he struggles, you go to Cam? And the whole time, you, you just continue to sell it to the media. Hey, we're working Cam in slowly. He's picking it up. He, you know, he's he's going to be ready. And in the meantime, you can fade all those questions if Stidham's playing well. But at any time, if Stidham falters, you can always go back to, well, you know, Cam's ready. Jarrett did a great job. We're going to, you know, let him continue to learn from Hoyer and, and Cam. And we're going to let, you know, Cam take over now that he's ready. I mean, that sounds exactly like the scenario that's going to happen, most likely. I'm not saying c- c- because because why why not give the young kid a try? I mean, Cam's good. Don't get me wrong. Cam's only like 30, so he could still he could still put it all back together. But it's been downhill since when was the MVP season? Like 2016, 2015, 2015. The following year, they went six and eight. Then they went 11 and five in 2017. Uh, and you mentioned Scott Fishbowl. So, you know, in Scott Fishbowl, you get points deducted for every incompletion. incompletion. Yeah, and, and so that means to break even. So you get a half a point per completion. I'm sorry, a half a point deducted per incompletion and a full point per completion, which means that your quarterback has to be throwing in the neighborhood of 66% to break dead even from that standpoint. There's a reason why Derek Carr was 12th overall in scoring last year because he threw 70% completions doesn't take a rocket scientist to to figure it out so uh, cam for his career has a 59.6 completion percentage just throwing that out there for the uh, scott fish bowlers out there yeah so being in the red in that category is not going to be beneficial is what you're saying well, j- just look at it. I mean, I'd have to do the math in my head real quick, but it, it's it's a losing proposition. And if mm-hmm. he's and if he's not running, and if this is not a high volume offense, which I don't think it's going to be, no, uh, I wouldn't think so either. I, I just think like w- when stuff like this first happens, it's the time to attack. People are full of piss and vinegar, and they're ready to go after it and make deals. And I'm, just... <laughs> yeah, I gotta write that down. <laughs> well, piss and vinegar. and kid you've never been south of indianapolis in your life (laughs) not often apparently i need to though because that's fantastic oh yeah well listen man that's enough on cam again jerry's holding i'm selling uh i'm I'm taking this last minute sell window and i'm getting the hell out of the cam business um we're gonna take a quick break and hear from our sponsors over at trophy smack and then we're going to answer some patreon q a's Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league 
is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. All right, big thanks to our friends over at Trophy Smack. And Jerry, it is time for some Patreon Q&As. Hit me with the Q. All right. So Randy was a, a sleepy bear today. He was, as we know, not feeling very well. So I went to the Patreons and I assembled the war band for some questions for the podcast. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go. There's some loosey goosey ones in there and then some very serious ones. I'm going to go with Zach Barrett's was the first one because you have, how old is your son? 12, 13. He's, he's right about in the age. Yes. He's uh, he'll be 13 in August. Okay. So he's right in that age where I was starting to really just love everything about sports. So his question is, what is the appropriate age to introduce your child to fantasy football? I would say as soon as they show interest. No point in forcing it on them, but if they're on you for like a... So I'll give you an example using my son. About two or three years ago, he was going to help his Uncle Jim in our old long-standing redraft league. And he had asked Jim and asked Jim and asked Jim. And then the draft came. He had no interest. No, I'm not going. I'm like, what? You guys have been talking about... And I was just like, okay. But when they show interest for like an entire year, that's fine. But, but every kid's different. And if they love football, they play football, they watch football with you, I don't have anything wrong. I don't have anything wrong with that. What I would do is I would give them a one-year test. So ESPN runs a bunch of free leagues through their draft room. Uh, the ESPN app is easy to use. Uh, it's fun for the most part, and it's a great way to learn. You know, I would tell him or her, because we want both genders playing in oh, yeah. th this day and age, I would say that if you give your, t your, your child a free ESPN or Fox or Sleeper or whatever league, and they can make it through an entire season of setting their roster, of making ad drops, of working the waiver wire, uh, I don't know how much trading I would, you know, mandate, I hate to use that word, how much trading I would want them dealing with, you know, the weirdos of online, but get in there, Sh show me you're committed to this, and then... The following year, get them into a real league with you or maybe someone else. What do you think? I th I think that's a pretty good one. So one of my buddies at work, we have played in fantasy since long before I played Dynasty, long before I started doing this show. Always super active, super good. His, you know, I've watched his kids grow up. I think his oldest son is 11. And he was starting to run his mouth a little bit because his dad won our work league. So his dad had him talking some smack to me, which is great. It's awesome. Love every, that's what I play this game for. Uh, so he said he wanted to join a league. So, okay, we'll, we'll form a league. And he, so he's 11, this dude sending me trades. Now there was a couple times I would have to text his dad and be like, Hey, he sent me, you know, this trade. You should probably tell him not to do stuff like that. Cause not everybody's going to be as nice as I am. But I, I think it's super. I think that's a perfect age. Anywhere, as soon as they start showing interest, like you said, super fun. Uh, he ended up making the playoffs. He did pretty good. He's definitely going to be in on it again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, how old were you? How old were you in your first league? Oh, I was probably 20, 21. My uncle. Okay. So, like 1978 or? Yeah, yeah. It was the summer of 78, and uh, the, the son of Sam Killer was running him up <laughs> in the, on the streets of New York. No jackass. I don't remember what year it was. Um, my uncle, at the time I thought it was a dynasty league. I was a little bit more naive to what dynasty actually meant. Uh, it was actually just a, a three, three man keeper, but it was uh, structured. So it was, uh, you kept one quarterback, one running back and one wide receiver from year to year to year. And so you were always looking at that next crop of rookies. Um, that that's where the bug bit me. And then I've played redraft forever. And all of a sudden, you know, many years ago, I started playing Dynasty. And here I am now with you. It's a gateway. It's, it's a full, full, fully down the rabbit hole. Yeah, 100%. You know, redraft is just a gateway drug. 
Ain't that the truth? Yeah. No, my friends started playing like it was like freshman year, so 2003. But I didn't do it until my senior year. The very first fantasy pick I ever made was Ladanian Tomlinson. The year he broke the touchdown record, and I traded him like an idiot. All right. Next question. That's a story for another day. Um, Chef Curry, one of our new guys, uh, new to Dynasty, still super active, super curious. He's like a, a little sponge, just trying to steal everybody's knowledge like I do. He asks, what is your biggest miss on a rookie and what is your biggest hit? Well, one, a guy like you were pounding the table for him and it just, you know, either it did or it didn't work. Okay. Um, for me, the biggest miss was Jordan Lasley from UCLA. I just thought this kid was a baller. And uh, the more confirmation biased I got, the more I liked him. And then he just kept sliding down draft boards and sliding down draft boards. And then he slid right out of the NFL to the XFL. And right now he's currently sliding down a park bench with no NFL football job. Um, my biggest hit, it's kind of a tie, but I'm going to take the one that was not steered by good friend Nick Whalen, which you would think would be Terry McLaren. It was actually Cooper yeah. Cup. I, uh, I was standing on a chair screaming from the mountaintops about Cooper Cup, and you know that, that one came out really well for me. Uh, I've had a lot of other uh, hits. Uh, I had Devin Singletary last year, and everybody else was kind of down on him. I actually had Devin Singletary in my one Devi league, uh, before he ever hit the NFL streets. Um, there, there's been several others. I can't wait to see how this year's clash shakes out. But what about you, your biggest hits and misses? Well, my biggest miss is it's probably the same big miss that a lot of people have had in the last five years. And it's the number five overall pick of the Tennessee Titans, number 84 in your programs, number, I don't know, 840 in your hearts, Corey Davis. I took him at 102. I traded up from 105 to 102 to get him. Every single one of my friends, this was the first year of my home dynasty league that I got them just enamored in the rookie draft because I knew they were running back. You know, they just love them. They played redraft for so long that they just love running backs. And I knew they were going to love this class and I could just snipe Corey Davis and I knew they wouldn't even think about him. And I wish I wouldn't have thought about him. I thought he was going to be the next AJ Green. I got, hey, yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. But I will, I will live up to that one until the day I die. Because if there's one thing in this game that we play, there are no certainties, and that is one of the things that I wish more people would do. What was your biggest hit? Oh, you already said your biggest hit. My biggest hit. Sorry, I think it was James Conner, and not that he was some extremely slept on guy. But I had James Conner in the first round. Now, granted, he's not been the most excellent player, but I loved James Conner and I loved Kareem Hunt in that draft class. So those were those guys. As far as real sleepers, I mean, Darius Slayton last year has worked out. We still we're going to wait and see if he's really takes it to that next level. But he had a great rookie season and he was a fifth round pick, I think. That was a good one. Michael Gallup was another guy that I really loved. I watched him. Uh, one of his games at Colorado State, he played against Alabama, and he was just, he looked like the best player on the field, and it was good to see that sort of come to fruition this year. Um, but all right, Randy, hold on. My phone's freaking out on me. All right, my man, the homie Garrett Collins asks, and this is a big one. This is not, this is not rookies. This is, we're, we're talking about the big boys now. What elite player or players are you currently inclined to trade away at peak value, even if it's a year or two early? Hmm. Well, that's good. Are you ready to answer this one since you've had the questions and give me a chance to think on it for one second? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think my guy is Joe Mixon. And it's not that I don't find Joe Mixon to be a good talent. The problem is, is I don't love Joe Mixon's situation even to this day. I don't care that they got T Higgins and they got Joe Burrow and they got Taylor coaching. I just, at some point I need to see your elite production to what your perception is. The perception of the man is that he's this Alvin Kamara type player, 
and my fantasy teams have not seen it yet. Now, is it unfair to maybe sell a little early? Yeah, of course it's possible. But I think what you can get for Joe Mixon is a lot more than what he's actually going to get you. So so that's that's him. Any other person, probably uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, any uh, Devontae Adams, really any of those guys, ever since we had Izzy on, and he hit me with the stat about how wide receivers lose value after their year 27 season. No matter what their production is, just their ADP starts to drop just because of the age. It really makes me want to just sell those kind of guys at peak value and go for DK Metcalf and Cortland Sutton and Terry McLaren and, you know, just restart it. And I'll worry about that in a few years. So I, those type of players, those older aging wide receivers, but right before they hit it. Because if you try selling DeAndre Hopkins at 29 and 30, you're not getting peak value. So that would be my guy. Did you come up with anything? Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans is one of two players to ever start their career with six straight 1,000-yard seasons. It was him and Randy Moss. And that's pretty, pretty good company to be in, Jerry. I got yes, He's pretty good from what I've heard. Randy Moss was good at football. My, my thing of it is is that Chris Godwin continues to emerge. And I don't know that this offense is the same as this offense was with Jameis. And a lot of things can happen in, in a very quick period of time. Uh, he was not one of our 10 most likely to be impacted by the coronavirus cap issues a-brewing for 2021's offseason. But his contract versus dead cap money isn't substantial, if I remember correctly. And to your point, he turns 27 in August. So uh, it, won't, it won't take long. And if they, if and when they re-up Chris Godwin to a mega term, a mega, you know, long-term contract, how is it going to be possible for a team to pay two wide receivers in excess of 12 to $15 million dollars? and keep a quarterback like Tom Brady. Now, uh, a lot of uh, cap-smart GMs out there could make it happen. I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not doing a good job of quantifying this. This one definitely caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting this good of a question. Uh, no, and I mean, but I think Mike Evans is exactly the perfect kind of guy, though, because he hasn't hit that age plateau. But we've been hearing about Mike Evans for so damn long. hes I mean, he's been good for so long. So the perception is that he's older than he is, and Chris Godwin has emerged to be just a superstar. I think that's a good one. I mean, I, I really do. I actually would have said it had I thought about it. And you actually gave me the answer that I was trying to to get out. When, when I, There's a Mike Evans fatigue in the world of fantasy football, and now is a great time. There's still a lot of people who still believe, and if you can get out for a fair value – on Mike Evans, now is a great time to do it before, uh, to your point of Izzy, you know, eventually it's going to be nothing but negative. Even if his play on the field is positive, his value will go down for no other reason than, than he's an older gent. All right. So I got one from, from the homie at FF underscore Bama. Uh, big old TDs in several Patreon leagues, and I just played poker with him, actually. Me and Mike Jernigan and him played in a game. Um, he asks, who is your one year wonder that helped push you to a ship? He said his was Peyton Hillis. Mine is Josh Gordon. The one year Josh Gordon was relevant. What about you? One year wonder was Josh Gordon. I, mean, I hate to steal someone else's answer, but those are just the facts. Uh, that, that, I think it was his what, second year. Was it 2014? That yeah, he, something like, yeah, I think he, so. he, he went bananas for like, 1600 yards and 14 TDs or something and that became what is it a broke back mountain that was my I can't quit you phase <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I just I just couldn't quit him and actually I could even go back further because I actually called Josh Gordon Braylon Edwards 2.0 when Braylon Edwards had that 1414 TD season I just I fell in love and I thought man this is this is a lock and th that was uh, right around the time I was starting to play more Dynasty. And I thought Braylon Edwards was the, was the new man. I thought he was the new Jerry Rice. He was going to wreck this league. 
to uh, to use a Cleveland quote, but uh, all he did was was wreck my teams for about three years subsequent after that. Even when he was a Jet, I had Braylon Edwards on my team. Uh, sometimes you just can't forget. That's the the problem of uh, nostalgia. Is it just gets you? So I'm gonna say Josh Gordon, and then a slight nod to the original Josh Gordon, Braylon Edwards. Uh, I'll throw in some Nick Foles since we're throwing in extra guys to that same year as Josh Gordon. All right, this is from another new Patreon, Blaze Peterson. So I'm I'm just going to let you have this question because it's really into your wheelhouse with pass-catching running backs. With the NFL turning into a passing league and most backfields being committees, who should you invest in as far as pass-catchers? Pass, pass Yikes, speaking is hard. Like, uh, you know, Eckler as opposed to like an early down plotter like Josh Kelly. So who's who are the guys that you're scooping up? Okay, funny that you mentioned this one. And this is a good one, so we'll go out on this one. How about that? Uh, all right, I got, a, I got a quick one from one more, though. All right, so. th- that, that's cool. We'll do both. All right, so this is part of the reason why I'm also not as high on Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has played 44 games in the NFL and has an average number of targets per game of three. Three targets per game under current head coach Zach Taylor last year, who I thought was going to come over and feature him, being Mixon, in the passing game, and that didn't happen. He actually averaged 2.8 targets per game with Zach Taylor as the head coach. So that is my concern for Joe Mixon. And to go back to the question at hand, if you do not provide a, a floor of PPR goodness that is the reception, I, I have very little interest. I don't care that Derrick Henry had 1,600 yards and however many touchdowns last year. And you know, cool, he still finished as what, like RB7? Cool, I mean, that, that, that's great. So you're telling me so you're telling me that a guy like Austin Eckler can come in and catch a bunch of footballs and put up the, the amount of points he did. I think he was the RB4, 4 or 5, and can finish ahead of the rushing champion based off his pass-catching volume. I'm always going to lean toward the pass catcher. That's why those mythical unicorns, like a Christian McCaffrey, like a Saquon Barkley, that's why they're so valuable. And part of the Derrick Henry success last year was game script. And I'll even say, like, two guys that I've never been a big fan of, but you know the old expression, gun to your head, if I had to choose one, Aaron Jones or Derrick Henry, I'm taking Aaron Jones, because at least Aaron Jones catches passes. And that's the only, and I'll tell you how strong PPR is, Jerry. That's the only crux of an argument for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Jonathan Taylor in rookie drafts this year. It's it's really that simple. Graham Barfield of Fantasy Points, uh, I don't know if it's a website or it's a thing, it's one of the new conglomerate things in the fantasy world. He said that he's got it statted out that a target is worth 28 times as much as one rush if that doesn't answer your question i don't don't know don't know what would so uh and then overall i'm always looking for the cheapest option in a backfield um unless it's like an elite player like i like david johnson more than i don't give me a david johnson comparable this year i i wouldn't even know if there is one chris carson how about david john david johnson and chris carson now, not that Chris Carson can't catch passes, but I think David Johnson is yeah. going to be in line. And then you can even go at a higher tier. You know, I would rather have Dalvin Cook over Joe Mixon. Why? Because Dalvin Cook catches the hell out of the ball. So th- that's how I would answer that one, buddy. And that is why I gave that one to you. So just a little caveat before our final question. Dr. Kyle actually messaged me and said, this is how important this streak is to the fans of the show, which I I can't express how happy it made me to see this message. It said, hey, is the Wednesday, Wednesday streak for DWZ in jeopardy? This man went out of his way to ask because of that, and that is just so awesome. So, Kyle, you're a G. And I said, recording now, absolutely not. And he said, you guys are unstoppable. Kyle, you're the man. Appreciate that. I know Randy does too because he's going through some hell just to sit here and talk to you guys right now. But the last one from one of our OG Patreons, Sean McCormick. And I this was my favorite question because I think it's the most critical question. Randy, what has changed in your strategy from when you started Dynasty to now? So I I'll take it so I can give you a second to to breathe on it a little bit. I already sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier. 
there are no certainties in this game. You will hear a hundred different podcasts and a hundred different people, and they'll tell you about a hundred different people. They don't know. There is a real situation where guys like Muhammad Sanu could be much more fantasy relevant than Nikhil Harry is this year, and you won't hear about it. And if it does happen, nobody will toot their horn because this is a big, fat, giant echo chamber. Do the best that you can with the situation that you're in and always, always stay adjusting. Do not ever get firm on your beliefs. Randy didn't like Leonard Fournette. Randy didn't like Derrick Henry. He starts adjusting as he's going. Who is out there touting Leonard Fournette more in this game right now than Randy? It's it, There's not a person. And if we were 365 days ago, you would not have heard a damn thing about that. You have to always continue to grow and you have to continue to adjust. And that's the one thing that I would say I have learned the best in the not extremely long period of time I've been in. I think this is my sixth season of Dynasty. 2015, Jerry, 2014, Jerry picked his guys, loved his guys, and I was holding on to them, and I was accumulating young guys that I could have for their whole career. And that is about the stupidest thing you can do. You have, look at their contracts. Look at one year two years down the road, maybe. Really, you can't even look forward to it. You need to be looking forward to the next week. The moment that news is bad, you need to try and get the player. The moment the news is good and you can get a profit, you need to get rid of the player. You need to always be accumulating assets. You need to always be growing. You need to always, always stay active. Well, for, for me, it's it's pretty simple. It's don't have a strategy the minute you have a strategy that almost uh locks you into like a rigid mindset and i don't i don't want to be that way i'm, I'm trying to uh be better every day so um, the thing we used to do at one of the companies i used to work for and i think it was a ups thing or at least that's where it came from and at the end of the day we always had a stand-up meeting and we had to discuss what do we do right today what do we do wrong today and what are we going to do differently tomorrow and that's something that I take from Dynasty or into Dynasty. And you can take it into anything, you know, your marriage, your kids, your job, whatever. When, when you get done at, at the end of the day and you sit back and look, it's like, man, what I do right, what I do wrong, what, what would I have done differently? And, and, and write that stuff down, man. One of the biggest things that we have the, the advantage of in, I guess, 2020 and for a lot of years prior is the notes feature on your phone. And I use it quite a bit. And don't think for a second I don't have a what I did right, what I did wrong, and what, what I've done, uh, what would I have done differently note section on my phone. I, I, I certainly do. Hey, man, I made this trade, and upon sleeping on it, I really wished I hadn't. Or um, I was too dug in on this particular player. Like quarterbacks have went from being a weakness for me to being a strength because I recognized that it was a weakness. So I, I doubled down. But also your strength has to be your strength. And that's too often people get so caught up in fixing what's wrong, they forget to continue to work on what's right. So for me, don't really have a strategy. Um, have a plan. That, that's more the way I'll have it. You know, and, and attack everything differently. And if you've had great success with something in the past, by all means, continue to do that. If you ventured out too far from your path in the past, and it burns you, well, that should be a reminder to stay closer to your path. Every situation is different. Like right now, we're planning for Scott Fishbowl 10. I know you are. I am. And, you know, what I'm doing right now is I'm doing my studying and research around uh, who do I want to draft. You know, a lot of people probably didn't know that Derek Carr was 12th overall in this scoring format last year. And because of that, I'll probably wind up with Derek Carr on my roster because, He's a value at where he's going. So d don't get yourself too locked in and think that you have to stand for something. St stand for something as it relates to your family or your children or your job or, or anything of, of value. But when it comes to dynasty, man, just have fun. And if you're not learning, you're not moving forward. So I, I hate to answer that with a lot of cliches, but that's just kind of how I do it, man. I mean, that's I mean, that doesn't just go for dynasty either. Just Learn from your mistakes. 
do what you can to adjust accordingly to the situation you're given. We are all experiencing something that no one has experienced in the modern era, and we are all getting through it relatively well. It's just that same sort of thing with your dynasty. If you draft Corey Davis with 102, don't just hate wide receivers for the rest of your life. You can hate Corey Davis for the rest of your life, but don't just stick, don't sell out into one thing. And then if it doesn't work, you totally abandon it. Or if it does work, you stick to it wholeheartedly. I've got, I can't tell you how many leagues I've been in where somebody, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers on their redraft team or something, and then they snap him early in the next year. Or they had a team that was built on running backs, so then they don't even take wide receivers or just those sorts of things. Don't adjust accordingly is the best thing I can tell you to really every situation, but we're a dynasty podcast. So I'm in terms of your roster. Like Bruce Lee said, be like water. Be willing to move any way you need to move to make things happen. Well, listen, guys, really appreciate you tuning in. Yes, the streak matters, and you guys matter. So we, we tried to give you a little content. The plan is, uh, barring further sickness or illness, that we'll try to be back here on Friday with some sort of a show. I've got a plan on top of a plan, and then there's a plan, Jerry. So we're going to see what we can't get done. Hopefully, we'll, we'll be back to the normal schedule next week but uh jerry anything else before we get you out of here nope you need to go get some vicks vapor rub or you need a hot bath or something man i am going to do a double shot of some nyquil and wake up tomorrow morning so i love it on behalf of this man jerry i am memphis and here at the dynasty war zone we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football we'll see you back here soon thanks guys folks kyle here i'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie I've been doing Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough and so join the Patreon because if you ain't first, you're last.